Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. So let's take our Bibles and go to the book of Ephesians. Today I want to, I've just titled this message, Act Like a Child. Act like a child. We have plenty of scriptures that teach us to grow up. If you've ever read the Corinthian letters, you've learned that Paul is telling the church, grow up, you bunch of carnal babies. In one, one breath, he's calling them saints, and the next breath, he's calling them carnal babies. All right? And, so, and they were, in many ways, very immature in a lot of ways. And so Paul had to come to that church and teach them how to act like spiritual people. And um, to grow up means to, means to acknowledge God more in your life. That's, that's really what it means, to, to no longer argue with him and not argue with his word, but to simply take him at his word, agree with him, and move forward. Amen. Paul said, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are profitable. And so your maturity level is found in whether you want to live for what is lawful, that is, what you are able to do, what you can do, or what is profitable, what is good for you and good for everybody else. All right, so Paul said, you know, you can, just because you can doesn't necessarily mean you should. Just because it's lawful doesn't mean that's the best thing for you. And, and, and so we're always growing up in that way. We're wanting to move from what is lawful, that is, that which serves us, to that which is profitable, that which serves the body. And, and so there are lots of scriptures that talk about this. As a matter of fact, in 1 Corinthians 13, Paul says, when I was a child, I thought as a child, I acted like a child, I understood like a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. But then we come across this verse in Ephesians chapter 5 that's kind of interesting. It says, <clears throat> verse 1, be, therefore be imitators of God as dear children. To be imitators of God as dear children. And this verse is telling us to act like a child. Not just any child, a child of God. That is, act like a child does with their own father and mother. To believe every word that he says. It's not until your child becomes close to a teenager or so that they begin to question what you say. But as children... Um, they believe, they hang on your word. So we're going to look at three ways here from this passage of Scripture uh, that show us how to act like this, how to act like God, how to act like children toward their Father. And, and verse 2 says, And walk in love, as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God, for a sweet-smelling aroma, down to verse 8. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. This all has to do very with how we're walking in our lives. In verse 2, it says to walk in love, and here it says to walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things are exposed that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Verse 15. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is is. 
So we walk circumspectly with understanding of God's will. We walk as children of light, and we walk in love. So I've just brought all those down to one word each. It says to walk in love as Christ also gave himself. So the expression of love here is to give. Everybody say give. The next one is about walking as lights. Everybody say glow. Glow. And the next one is about understanding. Say grasp. To give, glow, and to grasp. Father, we thank you for these next few minutes, Lord, in this house. Lord, thank you for what a wonderful day this is. This is the day that you have made, and so we will rejoice. You've made it, therefore we will rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you, Father. Lord, I want to just say a a prayer for those who, who are, have suffered loss, lost loved ones, lost properties, and all those kinds of things by the Hurricane Matthew. Lord, we're asking you for your help. Lord, for them, for the comfort of the Holy Spirit, be upon those who have lost. And Lord, over in Haiti, where they've lost so many lives, we're asking you, God, for your intervention there in Jesus' name. Lord, it's, it's a mess, but you know how to fix messes, Lord. Nothing's too big for you. Nothing's too hard for you. So we thank you, Lord, for being a very present help in their trouble. And we're asking for no more damage, Lord, no more lost lives. Help them, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Look at verse 2. And walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. To give. To love is to give. Jesus gave himself for us as an offering to God. Humanity and divinity are both reconciled in this one Jesus Christ. He is God and he is man. The one who had the power of an endless life, according to Hebrews, I love that. The power of an endless life laid down his own life and died for our sins. Approximately 10 days after Jesus said the words to Martha in John chapter 11, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And even after he said those words, about a week and a half later, he would breathe his last breath on that cross. Why? Romans says it like this, For if by one man's offense many uh, death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness. This gift of righteousness came to us because God loved us, because Christ loved us, and through that gift of righteousness, we will reign through the one Jesus Christ. But God took, you know, it's amazing. God took the greatest risk in loving, in giving his love to us when he gave his only precious son to this broken and sinful and violent world. He had no guarantees that anyone would even respond to this love because God had set up this world in such a way that we would have the freedom to choose whether we would choose him or not, whether we would choose life or whether we would choose death. So God, I mean, he put everything out there for us in giving us Jesus, knowing that he didn't really have any guarantees except this, God knows man. God knows mankind and he created us, all of us, with a need and a desire to be loved because we're made in his image, the image of him who actually is love. So in this is love, John said, not that 
Not that we loved God, but that he first loved us. To love is to give. Many years ago, there was a small tribe of Native Americans who lived in the, the state of Mississippi. And they lived along the banks of a very uh, swift and, and dangerous river there. And the, the current was so strong that if somebody fell in, there was a very good chance that they would be swept away to their death. In the process of time, uh, there was a, a hostile tribe that came and attacked uh, this tribe. And they, this, this tribe that lived there found themselves literally with their backs up against that treacherous river. And they were greatly outnumbered too. The only chance that they had to escape would be to cross that violent current, which would mean sure death to anybody that was older, anybody that was sick or weak or, or any small children. And so now here they are uh, stuck and don't know what to do. So the leaders of the tribe, they huddled together and, 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 and they devised this plan. And the logical thing and the, the reasonable thing would have just been to leave the children and, and, and the infirmed and the elderly behind and, and at least the strong ones could, could cross the river and, and continue um, their family, over, uh, their, their tribe through the years. But they just couldn't seem to do that. I mean, the rational answer would have just been to leave so many behind and they just couldn't do it. So instead, they came up with a plan to put one of each of them on their shoulders, a child on the shoulders of someone that was strong or an elderly person or somebody who was sick. And so they did that. They put them each on their shoulders and they faced that deadly river with the hostile tribe behind them, and they made their way out into that water. But they found to their surprise and to their astonishment, they discovered that the weight that was on their shoulders enabled them to keep their footing crossing that river through that treacherous current to make it to safety on the other side where all of them were safe. Their own extravagant giving is what ultimately saved all of them. You'll never go wrong loving <clears throat> others through giving. You know, it may seem like a great sacrifice sometimes, and, 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 and it even seems risky. But remember this, that your giving should never be predicated upon the person or the person's behavior. Your giving should flow out of simple love. And love covers a multitude of sins, and love is the motivating factor in your giving in the first place. God gave us Jesus God gave us Jesus while we were yet sinners. Why? Because that's who he is. Because he loves and he gives. And we as his children are to act like him in that way. To walk in love and to be givers. To be willing to lay ourselves down for others. To be able to be willing to give no matter what we're giving into. No matter what kind of person. No matter their weakness. No matter what they're going through. That God has given us all this, this great opportunity and responsibility to reflect him in love. Verse 8 says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light, for whatever makes manifest is light. Glow. Glow. Not only do we give, but we're called to glow. Jesus told the disciples, and he's also telling us, you are the light of the world. You're the light of the world. Paul teaches us that we are children of light. And therefore, since that's true, then we are to walk as children of light. Uh, several years ago, um, my brother and I and a 
uh, what was his name? Scott. He lived with us for a little bit. Huh? Scott Robbins. Yeah, Scott Robbins. Um, we, we went out to West Texas, and we were, we were um, deer hunting out there. And my father-in-law had built this outhouse out there. And we didn't have indoor plumbing in that way in our little cabin out there in uh, Robert Lee, Texas. But he did build this little metal frame outhouse. And I always hated going in there. You know, doing one part of the business was fine, but the other was, it was scary. And, and the reason was because, um, because he dug a real deep hole, all right? Um, and so you couldn't see down in there. It was just dark and black. And, you know, to, well, to, to hover over, over that abyss um, was never comfortable, and so I always wanted to just get in and get out. And if I didn't have to go in there, I would, you know, do my best not to. But sometimes you can't help it. And so I always had the habit of taking my flashlight with me in there and always just, just looking down in there, you know, just before to be able to see if there was, you know, sometimes see a spider or something like that. And I remember one day I went in there and, uh, and there was a snake skin that was all the way across the, the, the hole down there. And I thought, I, I don't think I'm going to do this today. And <laughs> so this one particular day, um, Scott um, had, had been there. And I told him, I said, now make sure you, you shine the flashlight in there. I said, because, you know, you just got to watch out for yourself. There could be a spider up in there. I said, so make sure you do a real good look around under there. And, and, uh, and so he, can't, he comes back after, you know, doing his thing. And, and he comes back and I says, well, did you, did you look down there? He goes, no, no, I didn't even think about it. And I said, I just told you. I said, okay. I said, well, why don't we, why don't we go look? I said, because I've seen things down there before. And uh, he said, okay. So we made our way out there to the outhouse, and I got my flashlight, looked down in there, and there are a, probably seven or eight rattlesnakes down in the bottom of this pit, right? And, and uh, it, was, it was a mother and several babies, right? And they're, and they're, they're making their way up, right? The wall. And he goes, oh, my God, I was sitting over that. I said, I told you, you always have to look down in there. The scripture says to let your light so shine. And when you do that, you expose the darkness. It's not that you have to, you don't expose the darkness by speaking about the darkness. You expose the darkness by shining the light. Amen. And, 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 and so many that are walking in darkness and stumbling through their lives, and you are as the light of the world to be there. And I want you to remember who you are and whose you are. And let the light of God's love radiate through you to expose the darkness and to reveal Christ to those you come in contact with. Your light shines through your conversation. Your light shines through your work ethic. Your light shines through serving others. Your light shines when you take a moment to stop and pray for someone who has need. Never underestimate the power of a simple act of kindness. Because that's a moment for the lights to come on. That's a moment for the lights to come on. I was praying for, uh, actually, I, I was at Starbucks some time ago, and, and there was a, uh, a girl, what was her name, Megan, I think was her name, Megan, and I used to see her just about every morning uh, on my way down to Christ for the Nations, and, um, and so she had told me that, I got to know her a little bit, and that her, grand, her dad and grandfather and great-grandfather, all of them had fought in some kind of war in, in, in U.S. history, and 
Uh, so we like to talk about U.S. American history and all those kinds of things. And uh, she was a, just a real sweet girl. And one day I came in, and she always was smiling, always very friendly. And I came in there one day, and, um, and she just had, she was kind of downcast, you know. And I said, hey, what's going on with you? And she said, she said I have this terrible headache. She said, I, I just can't seem to think. I mean, it's got my whole head fogged up. And I said, well, I'm sorry you're, you're feeling bad. And so I made, she made my drink, and I was about to walk out, and I thought, you know, why can't I, why don't I just pray for her? I can do that. I think she's, you know, we've known each other at least well enough that she would probably accept. So I just said, Megan, I said, I don't, do you mind if I just take a moment to pray for you? She said, uh, yeah, sure, that'd be great. So I just took her by the hand, and I just prayed. I prayed a prayer of healing for her and, and just commanded the peace of God to enter her body and this pain to leave. In Jesus' name, and said Amen, and and she said she said thank you. Well, uh, several months had gone by actually, and I came in there one day, and Megan had been transferred to another store, and uh, right after that, so I didn't see her anymore. And <clears throat> one of the uh, managers there said, "Hey, I just need I want you to know something." Uh, Megan, when she was working here, she said that you came in here one day and prayed for her, and I said, "Yeah, I remember that." She said that Megan said that something extraordinary happened to her. And she's, Megan wasn't a believer. But she said, she said when you prayed for her, that headache immediately left her body. And she was, she was good to work the rest of the day. I said, really? I said, well, I, I, that's, that's good to know. I'm glad to know that this later. You just never know what, what moments you have. God's giving you moments to shine your light. And if you'll just be faithful to just do those small things, it makes big impact in the world. Look at verse 15. Everybody good? 10.30. Okay. See then that you walk circumspectly. Circumspectly means accurately or exactly or diligently. Not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. We have a command here, a command to understand. That is to grasp what God's will is. Why is that important? Because we are His voice in the earth. The church of the living God, the body of Christ is here. If we don't know God's will, the world will not know God's will. All right? We're His voice. And we need to know it not only for our own individual lives, but we need to know it to be able to communicate it to other people. There's all kinds of ideas, all kinds of confusion about God out there, all kinds of man's philosophies when it comes to approaching uh, the subject of God and who he is and what kind of character he has and all, I mean, just all kinds of junk out there. But the scripture makes it clear. Actually, there's one particular in the scripture that makes it very clear, and that is Jesus Christ, his own son. Jesus said, if you have seen me, then you have seen the Father. He is, as Hebrew says, the express image of God. That is the exact replica. He looks exactly like God. If you, whatever you see in him, you see in the Father. Amen. So you cannot know exactly how to live for God if you don't understand his will. And we as the church have this responsibility to re represent Jesus to this world. The world needs to know that God is good. We got enough bad going on. We need to know that God is good and that he's not behind that. And he's not the problem, but he's the answer to all the trouble. He's not angry. He's not sitting on his throne fuming at mankind. He's not the cause of the calamities, the violence, the injustices of this world. He came to save us and to help us 
and our troubles and our struggles. We have this this eye-opening experience through the Scriptures, this revelation that says, as He is, so are we in this world. So if Jesus showed us the Father, then that's also what we do. We show the world the Father. And it is vital that we as the body of Christ understand or grasp His will so that we can accurately reflect Him. I want to just show you a few things about the Father uh, that Jesus taught us um, so that you can know them for yourself and also to show these things to others and just to remind you of what our purpose here in the earth is to do, how we are to show God to this world. The Scripture, Jesus taught us that your Father knows what you have need of before you ask. That encourages me. That encourages me that God doesn't find out my needs when I, when I pray. He already knows about them, which means he's really interested in them. He's already interested in me before I even talk to him. You think about all the needs that are in this world, and God knows about every one of them without someone mentioning it to him. But he also said that if you'll ask anything in my name, the Father will give it to you. That's a glorious thought. That not only do we understand that our Heavenly Father cares and He really watches over us. You know, it is, it, it's, it's really not that, as a father, how many fathers are here? Can you raise your hand? Dads are here. You understand that it's not, it's not some special thing that you provide for your family. You're not going over and above providing for your family. It's what you're supposed to do. You're the father, Right? That's not anything special. You're supposed to do that. Our Heavenly Father is supposed to take care of us. Jesus said, you're worried about what you're going to wear, what you're going to eat, and all those things. He said, listen, your Heavenly Father knows about all of these things. Why? Because He's your Father. He's supposed to provide those things for you. You think about the kingdom. You think about the other things because your Heavenly Father is watching over you, and He's going to provide for you. Amen. How about this one? Jesus said, many good works I have shown you from my Father. Wow, that's an awesome thought. That's in John chapter 10. The good works then that you do in the earth come straight from the Father. How about Luke chapter 6? It says that, that God, the Father, is merciful. So we, Jesus said, be merciful as your Father in heaven is merciful. Well, that's the message that we're bringing to the world. That's the understanding that we need to have about our God and to express that same understanding. That God is not angry, he's merciful. God is not judging people for their sin, he judged Jesus. Therefore, all he has to give is mercy and grace and love. Amen. The world needs to know that they're forgiven. God has forgiven you all of your sins. Jesus prayed that the Father would forgive us. Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. And the world needs to know that the Father loves them. God so loved the world. So the will of the Lord for you to grasp and to show to others is found in the Father's love. It's found in His forgiveness. It's found in His good gifts. It's found in His mercy. It's found in answered prayer. It's found in your good works, and the list goes on and on. The more you grasp the will of God, the better you will walk and reflect Him in your life. You know, it's really not hard to act like God as a Christian. It's not hard to act like him because you have his nature. I get told almost on a daily basis, man, you look just like your dad. Man, you sound just like John Huller. I'm not going around trying to sound like him. I'm not going around trying to look like him. 
I'm just his son. It's in my nature. It seems like the older I get, the more I look like him. So much so that, that now I've been accused of being his brother instead of his son. My dad, and dad loves that. He said, I don't know, he tells me once in a while, I had another student ask if, who my little brother was, what my little brother's name was. Enjoy that, dad. When you're, when you're born again, you're a whole new creation. So now it's very natural. It's a very natural thing for you now to look and to act like your heavenly father. It's not something that you have to strive in. Let his nature simply take its course in you and through you. Act like a child. That is to give, to love and express that love, to walk in love by giving. To walk as dear children of light, to glow to let the love of Christ, the light of Christ, shine brightly through you. And then to gain understanding, to walk with accuracy. To walk with accuracy. To grasp what the will of the Lord is so that you can be a clear, clear representative of his goodness in the earth. Let's stand and pray together. Father, thank you for this time together with a family. God, thank you that you have brought us your word today, and your grace abounds to us, God. Thank you for helping us, Lord, to imitate you in this earth, God, in this walk of love, in this walk as light, God, in this walk in understanding. Lord, help us to grow in this daily, Lord, to grow in the things of God, to mature in you, God, and to come to the place, Lord, as Jesus said can't get into the kingdom unless you become like a child, Lord, that we will be people in this childlike way to hang on your every word, to believe what you say and to walk by faith and demonstrate, God, what it looks like, a life that knows God, a life that is connected to God, a life, God, where you are involved and that you are intervening and you are helping and you are supplying and you are supporting, God. Thank you, Father God, that you've called us out of darkness, and you brought us into this marvelous light. So, Lord, we stand in that. We stand in grace today. Thank you that our Savior, Jesus Christ, died for our sins and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day. Thank you that this great message comes to those who will simply call on you, Lord. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Thank you, Lord, for the glorious gospel that has changed our entire lives. And Father, I pray that this week, as your people go into their week, God, that your grace and mercy would be, and peace, God, would be multiplied to them from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus, we thank you for these things. Amen and amen. Before you leave, Pastor Jeremiah has a couple of announcements. And as always, we always have people, our prayer partners that are here to pray with you. If you need have prayer need of any kind, they're here to agree, because the scripture says, if two uh, or more of you agree as touching anything that they ask, it shall be done. Amen. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.